0: Amen. So you notice my shirt today. It says the church has left the building. I got this shirt this uh, list last week. I thought it was a good choice. I think it was probably meant for folks to buy and use during mission trips when the church leaves the building, but I thought it was ironic. The church has left the building, uh, but the church is not the building. So let the church, uh, let let the shirt be a reminder and serve as a reminder to you as you read it, as you see it today, uh, that the church is the people. And we can gather in spirit wherever we're at. Uh, and so uh, on that note, want to read a couple of things off of Facebook, YouTube, and off of our messaging service. Let you guys know who is, who's here. The Bullens are here, Mendax, uh, Gabriella, Gabby's here, Nicolosi's are here, Regendron's are here, Daniel, of course, is here. You saw him, uh, Kelly, the McManamans. uh Marissa's here, Lydia's here, uh, let's see who else, on Facebook, We've got uh, the Rosses, uh, again, the Bullens. Uh, Susan's here. Zoila's here. Welcome. Uh, the Benners. Mary's here. Uh, Lisa's here. Megan's here. Eugenia's here. Uh, the Hosics are here. Uh, Baldwin here. Louise again. Jan Simon. Uh, the Cardonas are here. And then on YouTube, we can see uh, the uh, April's here. April and Viola and Luigi. Welcome, guys. Uh, again, the Regendrons, The Gallows are here. Kelly's here. Pam's here. Uh, Tammy, welcome. So send out, let each other know you're here. Let us know you're here. The Doyles are here. I just see that they've, they've come online. So welcome. We're so glad you guys are all here this morning. And I want to talk a little bit today about choices. Have you ever asked yourself this question, how did I end up here? How did I end up here? How did this moment come about? You found yourself uh, in a situation and, and you asked yourself, how did I get here? And there's a simple answer to that. And the answer is choices. It's something that every one of us have in common. We make choices every day. In fact, many of you, uh, well, in fact, all of you, made many choices this morning. What to wear, what not to wear. Some of you uh, are probably wearing less than you would wear to church normally. Uh, I decided to wear this today. That was a choice I made. Uh, we all make a lot of choices. Maybe you made good choices this morning, maybe bad. Some people decided to watch TV instead of, of join us for worship this morning. Some of us decided to sleep in. Of course, you can catch it later, so that's all right. Uh, but we make choices. I want to read out of Genesis 1. Uh, and um, it's actually not Genesis 1, sorry. just realized I wrote down the wrong verses here. Genesis 4. 1 through 12. Hopefully it's correct on the screen. It is. It says Genesis 1, but it's Genesis 4. All right. Genesis 4, starting in verse 1, and uh, see some choices here listed out in Scripture. Uh, We're going to take a look at a couple others and see how uh, we might be impacted by making good choices. Cain and Abel, this uh, passage refers to. It says, now Adam knew Eve, his wife. She conceived and bore Cain, saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel is a keeper of the sheep, Cain, a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, "'Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted?' And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said to him, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall no longer, or you shall be a fugitive, and you shall wander the earth. Let's pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, teach us about decision making and choice making today, and 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 guide us with Your Word. Uh, speak to us through Your Holy Spirit, and lead us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Life's full of choices, isn't it? See, we have choices every day. We have choices every moment. Again, we made choices on our way to get ready this morning. This is a unique story, but it's not unique to the humanity that we live among. We see this story repeated again and again in the Bible. Take Abraham and Lot, for instance, both pilgrims in the land of Canaan, Abraham chose to follow God, and Lot chose to live in Sodom, a town that was later destroyed by God due to its sinfulness. But God let them both choose. David and Saul, both kings of Israel, David decided to ask God for wisdom and to, no, I'm sorry, he decided to ask God uh, to to make him a man after his own heart. And in fact, God said, you are a man after my own heart. Saul chose power. Saul chose power. to be a hard and powerful king, and in the end, Saul lost everything, but God let them choose. Peter and and, and Judas, they both deny Jesus Christ at one time. Peter, denying he was the Christ when asked. Judas, denying that he was the Christ by betraying him to the chief priests. Peter seeks mercy and forgiveness from Jesus, and Jesus gives it to him. Judas, in his shame, can't bear to ask for forgiveness and commit suicide. God let them both choose. So what do we learn from these stories? Uh, I, I put these stories here today, and there, there are many more in Scripture so that we can illustrate that most of all, I think God wants to, uh, uh, to allow us to make choices. In fact, we see that from the very beginning, don't we? When he created Adam and Eve and put them in the garden, he gave them a choice. He said, follow me, live under my, under my roof, if you will, live in my garden, steward my creation. You can eat anything you want. You can do anything you want. We'll be together. We'll have relationship but I'm going to put an, an option for you in the garden. He called it the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he said, I'm going to put this in the garden and, and don't eat from it. If you eat from it, you will die. He gave them this option. And we know the rest of the story that they, they decided to take their, their, their life into their own hands. And they went and they ate from the tree because they were tricked by the serpent who said, you won't die, you'll become like God. Well, they became like God a little bit in that now they knew the difference between good and evil, they knew their shame, they began to clothe themselves, they began to hide from God and fear Him, and because of that choice to, to, to live their own life versus follow God, God had to remove them from the garden, and that has rolled downhill to us today. Decision after decision, choice after choice uh, to where we are today. God gives us choices. Let's take a look at some of the choices of direction. We can read uh, all of these out of Scripture, a choice Uh, that he gives us in life. The first one, uh, he talks about a gate and a road and a crowd in Matthew 7 verses 13 to 14. He said, enter by the narrow gate, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. He gives us a choice a wide gate that leads to destruction and a narrow gate that leads to eternal life. He gives us a choice of how to build our lives. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, he, he gives a choice of, of how to build. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. He gives us a choice on how to build our lives. Whether we want to build on the rock, the solid rock of God, the Father, Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Or we want to build on the sands of culture. Uh, eventually, if we build our lives on the sands of culture, our house will fall. He gives us a choice of who we serve, Matthew six twenty four. He says, no one can serve two, ma- two masters. He will either hate one and love the other. He will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Actually, you can fill anything in in the second blank. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and culture. You cannot serve God and career. You cannot serve God and sin. He gives us a choice. Who will you serve? He gives us a choice of, uh, I put it this way, of which team you'll play for. He gives us a choice of, of which side we're going to be on, whether we choose good or whether we choose evil. He, he characterizes this as being numbered among the sheep or the goats in Matthew 25, 31 to 33. He says, when the Son of Man comes in glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations. And he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then he gives us a choice, a final destination. A choice of final destination, Matthew twenty five forty six. He says, these will go away to eternal punishment and these to righteousness, uh, the, the righteous into eternal life. So he gives us these choices in life, who we will serve, how we will live, Uh, who we will follow, whether we will serve ourselves or whether we will serve the Lord. He gives us these choices, and that brings us to where we find ourselves today, one week away from Easter, uh, a time that we call Palm Sunday, the beginning of a week we call the Holy Week. And and, there will be some exciting things I'm going to tell you about in a minute that are coming up this week that I'm going to want you to, to tune in for. Uh, there'll be a, a, an email, in fact, that comes out at noon with a link to something that, that you can do once a day for these eight days, kind of a, a video to watch along with your family. But there's some, some things to think about this week. Choices is one of them. This is a time when we get to consider our choices. We get to think about choices we have made and choices we will make, because as long as we're breathing, we still have a choice, so let's take a few minutes to consider the three crosses on Calvary. There were three crosses. We know Christ was on one, and there was one to the left, and there was one to the right. So why do you think God chose to put two more crosses along with the cross of Christ? Why didn't there? Why, why weren't there just one? Why weren't there four, seven? Why weren't there more or less? But why two crosses along with the cross of Christ? I think. One of the reasons is they graphically display the choices we have in life. When we begin to think about how the men on those other crosses handled what was happening to them and handled what they made of Christ. Let's read in Matthew 27 together, and we'll take this apart and see what choices were made. Matthew 27, verse 38, and following He trusts in God, let God deliver him now if he desires him, for he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were with him, it says, reviled him in the same way. Save yourself, come down from the cross if you're the son of man. He saved himself, but he can't save others. Let let him come down from the cross, and then we'll believe him. Matthew 27, 44, I read it a second ago, it says the robbers were crucified with him they, they also reviled him in the same way. They also mocked him in the same way. Both of the criminals started out with the same opinion. But then, in Luke 23, 39 through 41, we see that something interesting happens. Read it with me. It says, one of the criminals who were hanged rallied, against, uh, rallied at him saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other turned to the other robber, and he said, do you not fear God? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. We're receiving what we're owed, he says. But this man has done nothing wrong. So then, for some reason, we don't know why, this This one robber on the one cross has a a change of heart. It could be something about the way that Christ carried himself. It could be something about the way Christ uh, uh, spoke, what he said. I suspect that the the Bible contains a very PG version of what was said on the crosses. Uh, I suspect that those robbers being rough thieves hanging on the cross probably said some really nasty stuff, and, 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 and I'm also, because Scripture records it, certain that Christ only said a couple of certain things. One of them was, forgive those, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Christ was gentle on the cross. He was suffering. He was dying. He was taking the sin of all humanity on Himself to the cross for us on our behalf. And he was gentle like a lamb, Scripture says, being led to slaughter. So maybe it was something about how Christ conducted himself from the cross that made the robber take note. Luke 23, 42 and 43, we see the criminal says this, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. I don't know about you, but that was close. That was about as close as anybody could cut it. He was just about to die. He was on the cross being crucified with Christ and the other robber. And at the last moment, he had a change of heart. And he said, uh, he said remember me, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, you'll be with me today in paradise. What about the other one who didn't? Why didn't Jesus reach out to him in his final need, in his final moments? Uh, we, we read in Scripture a story of three parables that Jesus told. Uh, one of them is a parable of the shepherd and the sheep. Uh, a shepherd has a, a hundred sheep and one wanders away. And it says in Scripture, he leaves the 99 and goes after the one and he brings it back. And then there's a second parable that comes after that about a lady who has some coins and she drops one and she can't find it. So she cleans her house. And she looks for it and she searches for it and she finds the coin. Both the shepherd and the woman then tell their friends and their friends rejoice with them. Why doesn't Jesus reach out to that one lost man in the way that these two do? But remember, there's a a third story it's the story of the prodigal son. Two sons uh, live in a wealthy household, family has a lot of money, they have a lot of property, they have a lot of things. They have a a large ranching facility, if you will. The, The younger son comes to the father and says, I want my inheritance and I want to leave. What does the father do? He allows him to do it. He gives him a choice. Stay with me or leave. When the son says, I want to leave, I want my inheritance, the father actually has to dissolve some of his property, his, his belongings and his things to, to free up cash to give the son money, and then the son leaves. The father allows the son to leave. So what's the difference here? The sheep was lost innocently. Sheep wander off, that's why sheep need shepherds. The, 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 the shepherd with the hundred sheep watches them, he guards them and he protects them and he watches for one that might wander off and when one wanders off innocently, He goes and he gets it back. The coin was lost through irresponsibility. Obviously, the lady wasn't being careful because she had money and then all of a sudden she didn't and she couldn't find it, so she had to search to see if she could find it. The prodigal son was not lost through innocence or irresponsibility. He was lost by choice because the father allowed him to choose, stay with me or go. The father allows us to make choices the father gave the son a choice and the son decided to leave. It's the same with the two, sh- uh, the two thieves on the cross. It's the same with you and me. There are many things in this life we have no choice of. We, we can't choose our parents. We can't choose the country of our birth. We can't choose the place and time of our birth, our siblings. Uh, we can't choose our gender. We can't choose our appearance to some degree. Sometimes things that we have no choice in make us angry. I can't sing, and that makes me upset. I I don't have a lot of money, and I'm I'm disappointed about that. Maybe today you're saying, why am I living now in this life, in this moment, in this difficult time? We don't have any choice in that. That's where God placed us at this moment in this time. God created a level playing field, and I mentioned a minute ago in the beginning of Genesis when he created the garden, and he put Adam and Eve in there, and he created this level playing field, and he said, you can choose. Stay with me, or you can choose to go you can choose. I don't know about you. I would not want to be a puppet on a string. I wouldn't want God to create us and create me and create you and then say, I'm going to control you. You're going to choose and you're not going to choose. And, and, and he picks for you. A scripture's clear that he doesn't pick for you. God gives you free will in order to decide to choose to love God or love yourself. Think about the thief for a moment who repented. All we know about him is in these short verses. However, I think it's safe to assume he probably made some bad choices, right? He made some bad choices on the way to the cross. He probably had uh, friends he shouldn't have hung out with. He may have had habits he didn't need to have. Uh, He made bad choices in life. Uh, He made bad decisions that ended him up hanging on a cross. I don't think we can argue with the fact that he made bad decisions, but was his life a total waste? Certainly, he could have had a more abundant life. Uh, the 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 life in Christ for him only lasted a very, very short time. Uh, certainly, he could have had a more abundant life. But his life is not a waste because he is with Christ in heaven now. All of his bad choices redeemed by a single good choice. How could two brothers, uh, Cain and Abel, how could they grow up together, same parents, same lives, choose one to serve and one to kill. How could two men see the same Jesus? One choose life and one choose death. When one said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom, Jesus loved him enough to save him. When the other one mocked him, hurling insults at him, saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Jesus loved him enough to let him go because it all comes down to love. God loves you and he loves me and he loves us enough to let us choose. Scripture teaches he loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ. That's why uh, we celebrate Palm Sunday today. Daniel read the scripture a moment ago about Jesus making this entry into Jerusalem where he came to celebrate the Passover and we know what's coming is that they gather for a meal and then he's arrested and then he's tried and then he's crucified and we know what's coming. But at this moment, in this day, in this time, we talk about this event uh, from John 12. It's recorded in all of the Gospels. Jesus came into Jerusalem and they said, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Even the king of Israel, the world was crying out to him. They were calling out to him. They were praising him. They were expecting this, this, this ruler that was going to come in and make everything right. He was going to rescue the people of Israel from the rule of law under the Romans. He was going to, uh, to be a military leader. And they were, they were expecting him to be... Um, this ruler, when instead he, he came sitting on a donkey's colt, he came quietly, he came calmly. It even says here his disciples didn't understand these things. Many people didn't understand these things. But It all comes down to love. God loves us so much he sent his son for us. This triumphal entry into Jerusalem is just a picture of what that was like. We know he came as an infant and we've read through scripture about his life uh, and his teachings, but at this moment when he comes into Jerusalem, we see him coming in love. 1 John 3:11 through 16 says this, "For this is the message you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that you have passed from death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. This is how we know what love is. Christ died and laid down his life for us. He gives us a choice. Our whole life is determined by how we will answer this question, posed by Pilate in Mark 15, 12, where he says then what shall I do with this man you call King of the Jews? That's the question for you today. The the coming of Christ, Palm Sunday, and this week to come in Easter, all points to this moment, to this decision, to this choice. And that's why we're talking about choices today. What will you do with Christ? What will you choose to do with Christ? He's not going to force you. He's not going to make you. If you want to go, He's going to let you go. If you want to know Him as Lord and Savior, He's going to invite you to be with Him eternally. The whole point of us reliving every year as Christians and as as a culture looking at Easter, the whole point of this is to remind us every year that we have a choice to make in Christ. So my question to you today is this what will you do with christ what choice are you going to make and I, I alluded to a moment ago when i talked about the bible reading plan for this week uh, i hope some of you read it and you know where i'm going and this uh, for some of you it'll be a surprise but very interestingly we read this week out of judges and joshua probably one of the most well-known choice scriptures in all of the bible contained here in Joshua 24. Joshua 24:14 24, and 15 it says this. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And that if it if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord choose this day whom you will serve whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's the question. I love the fact that our, our message and our scriptural readings came together today to ask us again and remind us again that we must make a choice You don't get to just get a pass on this life. And and don't be like, like the robber that went to heaven with the Father, with Jesus. Don't be like that guy and wait until the last second, because not all of us are going to be fortunate enough to have a last second. I'm just being honest with you here. Some of us will go, and it'll be a surprise. And we didn't see it coming, and we waited too long. And by not choosing the eternal destination on our own, it is chosen for us. If you are not in Christ, there's only one place you can go. No matter what's, what, what theology you've heard, what religious structure you grew up under, uh, it, it doesn't matter what you've heard. It only matters what God's Word says. If you die without knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it's eternal damnation. In a real place that, that Scripture talks about called hell. It's permanent, eternal separation from God. No middle place, no purgatory, no second chances. Nobody can light a candle for you uh, in the cemetery and pray you into heaven. It's over. But if you choose and ask the Father, Jesus, send send the Holy Spirit into my life. You, You ask the Father, Lord, save me in the power of what Christ did on the cross. Wash me, cleanse me. Forgive me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Place the mark of the Holy Spirit on me as a seal. He will do that for you. You have to do it yourself. I can't do it for you. Friends can't do it for you. Family can't do it for you. Jesus couldn't do it for either of those two guys on the cross. One of them chose. Jesus, remember me. He didn't know what to say. He didn't know how to pray. All he knew is he wanted what that guy on the cross had because that guy wasn't up there hurling insults. He wasn't up there being a disgusting human like the other one was. There was something different, and he said, I want what that guy has. Jesus, I want what you have. Remember me. And Jesus said, I will remember you, and today you'll be with me in heaven. That's what you have to do. You want to be with the Father after this life is over, whatever's left of it that whatever it holds for us. We don't know what the what the future looks like here. It's crazy. This is a crazy time. But we do know who holds the future and that's the Father. And we do know that we can be with him when we die if we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So today, where you're at, we're not here together in this building, you can pray on your own say Father, Forgive me, for I've sinned. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I repent from my sin and my way, and I want to follow Jesus Christ. Save me today, Father. You can pray it in your own words. You just ask. And you ask the Father to save you in the power of the Son and to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for filling us with your with your spirit, and with the power of your son when we ask, Lord, thank you for saving us. I pray, Lord, that all over, uh, I don't even know what to call it, all over the internet, people who are watching in their homes, uh, whether they're having watch parties, whatever state they're in, it doesn't matter, but that, that, Lord, they're today seeking you and asking you to save them. Lord, there are those, maybe they've been walking with you for two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years. Lord, remind us of that choice we made. Uh, Cement in us once again the desire just to follow you wholeheartedly, not to give in to fear, not to give in to anxiety, Lord, but to trust in you and to follow you. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the choices that you've laid out in here for us. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us options. You didn't make us choose, but you gave us an option to know you through the power of what Christ did on the cross. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for that. I pray, Lord, that people put their trust in you today, Lord, even now, in the power of Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit. Amen.